Welcome to Waiting For Review, a show that follows the journeys of two iOS developers. I'm Dave Knott, an iOS developer from Devon, England. And I'm Dave Wood, an iOS developer in Wellington, New Zealand. Join us as we discuss the development, code and technology of our journeys. Okay, so we are potentially, certainly within a couple of weeks of new Apple TV hardware being announced. I know everybody's talking about the the phones um, and sort of wider parts of the whole Apple ecosystem, but um, I thought it'd be interesting to just sort of take a look back on the Apple TV today um, and kind of catch up with each other about where, where our heads are at with, with the platform and, and, and with the device itself. Um, Dave, I, I think you've you've got um, the most recent Apple TV, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, bought it more or less, more or less when it came out. When was that? Twenty fifteen, wasn't it? Yes, yes, I think I'm it getting, was. Getting my years muddled up now. <laughs> yeah, I think it was um, November. I I got it, so I seem to recall it came out in late mid to late October twenty fifteen, yep. and then I, I picked one up sort of November time. I think I did very similar to yourself, actually. I think we, we certainly had one before Christmas that year. Um, yeah. And that sort of moved us off the um, the very previous generation one as well. Um, ah, yeah, I never had any of those. I I jumped in on, on the latest one. Right. So you didn't know it in sort of pre-app kind of world? No, I mean, I saw a couple of demos because uh, it always used to be in the Apple store. They'd have a like a Pioneer television somewhere near the back yeah. with one hooked up to it. And you could play with it, but it, it always seemed like it never did a huge amount. So I, I, yeah, I never really had any particular interest to go and check it out too deeply. It was, yeah. it was the whole um, apps is the future of TV thing that kind of was the hook that got me intrigued. I, I don't know about you with the, with the latest gen. It, it kind of was, and I thought that there was going to be some potential there for me to sort of look to it as as another part of the sort of development cycle and and, and platform available. Um. But I'm sorry to say that it's, it's not one that I've really ended up exploring very much over time, um, sort of for for various reasons, really. Um, but I can I can probably expand on that a little bit more in a bit. Um, how about you, Dave? Have, have you sort of looked at it further for your own apps and development? I did first of all, um, mainly because I kind of looked at it and thought we've got a new platform coming out. It's nearly Christmas. Yeah, if I can make something in like a month or six weeks, like a silly little game, um, it it might get somewhere. Yep. So, and I was kind of interested at the time. Sprite Kit was coming out, or, or had just come out, and I got this new piece of hardware and a new remote control. It was all new, and I kind of thought, well, you know, there might be something there. Yeah. So I had a go, um, and it, it didn't really go so well for me, largely because I've come to realise that I just should not ever try to make a game. Right. I find games are, you know, the coding of a game is is fine, but me as a as a solo developer, I just cannot make a fun game. That's kind of what I discovered. Yeah, I feel like there's there's two completely separate disciplines. There's making, there's designing a game, and then there's coding a game. Yep. And I'm obviously trying to do it all at once. And you know, there are solo devs out there I know that do very well out of it. Um, I think. They've probably got a broader skill set than I have in order to make it make a fun game. Um, I can make something that looks like a game, but it won't be very fun to play. And that's <laughs> what I very very quickly learned when I uh, had a go at, at the Apple TV development. Yeah. Um, 
other than that though my apps don't really lend themselves to um to the apple tv i mean especially my remote control for cody that's that's completely out of the question um when you sort of stack that up against an apple tv um you could potentially say space readers might have legs on on the apple tv in the way that um i guess i'd have to use some kind of like highlighting to sort as as almost like the cursor Um, because how it works is you kind of get an outline of a word and then you have to match one of four words to the outline. And yep. then the idea is, is that you recognize a word by its shape, which helps a kid learn to read. So I suppose I could kind of use the Apple TV remote in that sense. Um, it'd probably be a bit of work, though, to to port it over. And yeah, I'm not sure, really, given how I've come to use my Apple TV, whether whether that would really capture people enough to make it worth my while. Um, when I look at the apps that I use on a on a regular basis, I suppose really it's a couple of games. Um, Crossy Road being the main one. That's kind of if you know if, if like adverts come on the TV, I'll quickly have a couple of rounds of Crossy Road and then jump back in. Yeah. Um, everything else though is just video streaming, mostly Netflix and YouTube. And uh, there's a couple of news apps that I sometimes look into, although they seem to be mainly kind of American. Uh, news so not really all relevant news that you know to us here in the uk because there's a a different kind of slant on the news yep to it being you know more local issues so yeah when they say the future of tv is apps yeah fine i kind of agree in the sense that yes they are apps but they're not really apps in the way that i view apps if you if i'm making sense yeah they're, they're not necessarily um broader software applications sort of beyond like you say streaming video and 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 sort of television as a a general thing in in its own right um i i kind of explored um the apple tv in a very similar sort of sense i didn't try and make a game um but i was when i first got it my, my idea was that i could potentially bring my video mixing app to the platform in some fashion um it could make quite a a reasonable setup as a sort of headless video server um and that that was certainly the sort of thing i was looking into but um mainly i think for the way i've seen the platform consolidate i've I've kind of backed away from from that idea It, it does seem very much like it is particularly popular games um that can run in full screen mode and be adapted in terms of how you control them um or video streaming that you would otherwise consume through a device or through a computer, sort of Netflix and and that sort of thing. Um, I think for, from my perspective with, with sort of looking at my, my go VJ video mixing application and and sort of thinking about how to bring things like that to, to the platform. um, I had a sticking point in terms of um, how you would load media onto the device. Um, just in terms of uh, with a um, with an iPhone or an iPad, the user can load anything that they like into the Documents folder through through iTunes, um, and it's, it's reasonably easy to kind of put set up other things that you can um, down download things into the app as well. Um, but on the the Apple TV, the sort of means of of bringing media in like that, if it's not sort of coming from a 
streaming service, it, it, it seems to think about things in a very temporary sort of fashion. Um, so I, I guess I would have had to have had some sort of setup where the media that the user brings in is, is kept um, in a specific directory and almost kind of compartmentalized as if it was like a game level or something like that. Um, at the time when I was first looking into it, it did not seem like I could persist content or my potential users within the app space very well. It, it seemed like that there was a risk that the user could go to use it and the, the system itself has decided that that needs to be got rid of. Um, and then at that point, because it would be user-controlled content, um, there would be no default API or service for that media to then be downloaded from. So that there was okay. a bit of a technical sort of block there on, on, on doing what I wanted to do. Now, I've not kept track of where the platform's going, and that was an initial kind of check. So um, I may have needed to sort of look harder or further for that. Um, but that was certainly my initial sort of assessment of it. Um, and that, that put me off a little bit. Um, I haven't ruled out sort of coming back to it. There are, are some interesting things that sort of could be done with it um, from a sort of video mixing, live video perspective. But um, the ideas I have for that are very much more... Um, with things like um, generative video. So if you remember things like um, the sort of Winamp visualizers, that sort of thing. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think there's potential for something like that on the on the Apple TV. Um, but again, I don't think there's a microphone for you to read. Um, and then bringing audio through and having it analyze it depends on where you're getting that audio from, what service you would use for that or not. Because you could get sh- some get some tape and stick down the Siri button on the remote and uh, <laughs> hijack hijack the remote on that. <laughs> um, well, there was the idea of maybe using like the, the iPhone as a sort of satellite microphone and then that gets really, really niche and not very usable at all. Um, you know, to sort of send like um, audio analysis data over the network to the TV. But at that point, you might may as well be airplaying off the device. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting you mentioned AirPlay because I feel like that's one thing that I have actually kind of enjoyed almost, you could say the most out of the Apple TV is just yeah. having a means to chuck whatever I've got on my phone or my iPad or, well, not my MacBook, it's too old, but if I were to get a new MacBook, um, yep. just being able to chuck that at a TV has probably been one of the yeah one of the, one of the features that I didn't expect to like as much as I have. Yep. We, we've used it for sort of looking at photos and that sort of thing as well. Um you know, if you've got a load of like a holiday album and it's on somebody's phone and there's a few people in the room trying to look at the same pictures, it's really quite cool for just chucking it at the TV and swiping through. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I f- yeah, I, mean, it, I feel like it, it, some of the, some of the, like what I would call more appy apps, you know, like, like you were saying more like software applications rather than just video streamers. When you saw, I think I did initial demos um, where you kind of see people crowded around a TV picking out an Airbnb or browsing mm. an Ikea catalogue. You know, that kind of stuff. I, I think that kind of stuff just hasn't landed. Not for me no. anyway. I would say the same for us as well. As a family, it's not been the way we've sort of chosen to do things like that. Um, I mean, we have used Airbnb sort of quite a bit over the last year. Um that's always been a case of, of my wife kind of looking through stuff on her her iPad, adding me to the itinerary, and then I kind of review stuff on my own devices. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
It feels um, like to me that it's if I'm going to be doing that kind of stuff, I would much rather be just kind of lounging around, you know, on, on the sofa with with an iPad or with an iPhone, rather than trying to navigate a ten foot user interface with that Apple TV remote, which I've you know it's got its own set of issues. Let's yep. be fair, um, it just doesn't it doesn't really become much of a compelling experience. I don't think. Now the video streaming's nice. I like that. Um, I prefer it in some ways to using my own remote control with Kodi because if I want to, let's say, play or pause or change the volume, if I'm using my iPhone to control Kodi, I've got to wake the phone up, use Touch ID to get into it, wait for the app to boot, and then I can press play or pause. Yep. Whereas with the Apple TV remote, I can, for the most part, without looking, even though it's almost entirely symmetrical, um, yep. just kind of reach for the play pause button and hit it and then it's done or equally with the volume up and down um the way that my um av receiver has been trained with the apple tv remote to you know so you can control the volume yeah all that stuff those are big big wins because i find with with me and my kind of being like a home theater enthusiast i guess you could say um i sort of when i discovered cody I, i dove dove sort of dove right into it and I got really nerdy about it and I always found that I would sort of configure everything and get everything set up so that I understood it and then my relatives or friends would come over and, and kind of be like what what the hell is this what what how do I use your tv <laughs> and yeah. I think to a large extent the apple tv gets gets rid of a lot of that friction right but it still provides a good level of feature set that it's kind of compelling in terms of the video streaming and you can watch YouTube on your TV, you can watch Netflix, you can watch the news, you can look at your photos, you can airplay stuff. Yep. I think it does a lot of cool stuff and it does it with relatively little friction. And I think that's that's where I think it, it, it wins out in a, in like a, a household scenario where there's other people to consider, not just me being a nerd with a home theatre PC. Uh, yeah, I, I'd agree. And um, it's interesting actually how... It, it kind of it does work quite well in that scenario but then there are some some sort of rough edges here and there as well to the experience i think in terms of having a family um one thing we we've had to do with our apple tv and we perhaps didn't have to do it but it's certainly been more convenient um is that i've created an extra user um so the apple tv is logged in with its own itunes account um and then that user is part of our family sharing, um, which means that we okay. have like we have a couple of photo albums shared with the Apple TV's user, um, and then those those photos become the sort of screensaver and background. Um, and what it means. So, is what was the motivation behind that? Um, simply so that uh, we're not using things like Apple Music and stuff like that. Um, we've we've got Spotify, not Apple Music, and. Um, in terms of like having it wide up to one or the other's photos and things, it seemed a little odd to sort of have all of my photos in the TV, um, sort of accessible to the kids and anybody else who happens to be around at any time. Um, so functionally, it seemed sort of a good idea to kind of keep things under a separate user. Yeah, um, yeah that makes sense. So, um I guess what I'm saying is is that it sort of feels like what would have been more practical to me would have been to have had a sort of 
some recognition from Apple that the Apple TV is a family device rather than my own personal device. Um, and, you know, you could then extend family sharing to sort of think about, well, okay, anybody within my family sharing with Apple, um, with, with my, with our iTunes accounts, um, could potentially be one of the main users of the TV. Um, and how you do that is, is potentially quite difficult. Um, but yeah, I, I was very conscious of the fact that, you know, it's not me who is necessarily using it in the primary. It could be my wife. It could be either one of my two sons. Um, and so I needed to sort of set it up to be as, as kind of neutral as possible in terms of logins and accounts. Yeah. It may, just wondering how many people would actually do that or, or would know to do that. So I mean, yeah. obviously you, I get, you could be considered a, an advanced user, a power user, whatever, but I, I very much doubt many other people would, you know, regular users, consumer level users would, would even know to do that. No, no, no. I've seen Apple TVs in, in random situations as well where they've been sort of wide up and used in offices or whatever um where they're actually still connected to one particular person's account and and, and that can sort of feel a bit odd you know, it's yeah recent videos watched or whatever and that sort of thing showing up to everybody who may use the, the device um yeah it almost seems that like apple's almost got a duty of care there to be doing a bit more i i, I think so and i think how they integrate it there could be really quite quite cool as well you know if, if there's a possibility that it can kind of be aware of who is with it at a time sort of you know i guess if an apple watch registered to one of the people in the family is in the room you know you can assume that person is perhaps there sort yeah. of thing embed a touch id underneath the touchpad yeah yeah um <laughs> we talked about the remote being a little bit all over the place um in terms of its design, I think it's it's symmetrical. Yeah. This can be a bit tricky. Um, I I found that obviously I wasn't really into the previous generation ones, so I felt at the time when it came out, there was a lot of um, sort of feedback from people in the context of well, the old one wasn't like this, or the old one was different. Yep. So I I feel like I didn't really have to. Oh, I wasn't looking at it through that lens. But I think I think the the biggest thing is definitely how it is symmetrical. Um, I know um, my f- a family members got an Apple TV. I think they've got around the issue by sort of wrapping an elastic band around one end of the remote, <laughs> uh, so that then they know that that's the bottom. Yeah, but that that's a that's a poor show that they've got to do that really. No, when you I've, consider I've, what I've, I've seen what a design things, company you know, Apple is putting a sticker on the underneath, um, sort of being a similar kind of version of that as well. Um, we've not done that yet. Um, and every other day I still pick it up the wrong way around. Mm. Um, I think, I think that people that aren't necessarily used to the, the Apple TV remote struggle when they try and move the, the well, I guess we'll call it the cursor where, you know, when you move the thing around the, the screen to navigate Yep. in that they'll swipe and then it will jump like five or six items. Yes. And they'll, like, oh, but I only want it to do one. So I, I almost think that, it doesn't there's no kind of up down left or right arrows on it i know that if you tap near the right or the top mm. or the bottom or the left you'll you'll move one you know item to the left or to the right whichever way wherever you tap yep but i don't i think that's almost like a hidden feature in a way so um, the- yeah I, i've got a bit of a theory on on that actually as well not theory but in, in terms of how we ended up using um the apple tv just before we we moved 
last month. So at the moment, our uh, our TV is on a boat on its way over to us here in New Zealand. Um, so we we packed the Apple TV um, with us on the plane. Um, and we're actually using it with um, a, t- a television that's been very kindly lent to me by by one of my co-workers um, for the moment. Um, but previously, sort of back in the UK, um, we had the Apple TV sort of mapped to the the main television remote as well. Um, so I programmed in sort of like cursor buttons, um, arrow buttons that were not really being used for very much on the um, on on the TV's handset. Right. Um, t- to use instead of using the Apple TV's remote. And <laughs> one of the things that I noticed from, from sort of doing that um, was actually overshot or sort of running running over like you were describing, sort of scrolling through things, just couldn't ha- happen. You know, everything is being done by sort of little um, little pecs using the, the, the arrow keys on the, the Samsung remote instead. Um, you know, it's click, 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 click. It's very obvious and deliberate. Um, and in a lot of ways, I sort of felt like you know, other people in my family were getting on better with navigating it for sort of having that that kind of use and that tactile feedback. Um, which sort of leads me to think that um, the main remote with the touch interface just it, it does miss the mark for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I've um, almost felt like when I've when I've explained to family members. Oh, you know, you, you don't need to swipe. You can just tap near the left or near the right or whatever. Yep. It's almost like it's almost like a revelation when I tell them that, and that almost saves the device for yes. them. Because otherwise, it's like they they were almost ready to be like, "Oh, this is rubbish. I don't want it." But yep. w- once I tell them that, they're like, "Oh, right, okay, fine. I, I can live with this now." Um, and it, the pro- the problem is though is that you're talking to people who probably have uh, have used an iPhone or an iPad. In, in most cases, you know, if you've gone for the Apple TV, you are probably an iOS user already. Um, and of course, you kind of go to swipe on that interface as if it is um, an iOS device rather than sort of how it actually is. Um, yeah, that it's, it's a different sort of, I say sensation is maybe not the right word, but it's a different feeling from when you're sort of swiping around on an iPad to when you're swiping around on that Apple TV remote. It's, it's, it's not yeah. the same thing. Um, and then, like you say, obviously, when you understand that, it's much easier to sort of get on with it um, and to sort of stop fighting the technology so much. Um, but it does make me wonder, sort of considering that and considering what an update might be sort of to the Apple TV. Now, I don't think they're going to put a lot of effort into updating the remote. Um, I think it might get a little bit to, of something to sort of make sure you know which way around it is. But I doubt it's really going to get much else sort of focused on it. Yeah, um, everything I've been hearing about this update is that you know, 4K seems to be getting chucked around and also yep. HDR. Yep. So, I mean, you know, it, they don't seem like huge, huge updates on the face of it, which makes me wonder maybe they've just... Yeah, they're, they're going all in on the remote to, to maybe try and remedy or... or you know, all the issues that they've had feedback from with the remote. So I think that's been, that's been, it's almost been an embarrassment, I would say, that remote control. Mm. Especially how proudly they were demoing it on stage. It's almost like they just didn't see it. How, how, how did that end up coming out of Apple? 
yeah. considering its shortcomings. That's that's what bothered me the most. Well, I, I think I, I kind of disagree with you there, Dave. I, I don't think that I don't expect to see a lot invested in it, and I, I can't really sort of articulate why, other than I do sort of feel like this update that is coming is is kind of going to be an update to the box, and that's about it. Um, WWDC didn't really mention too much in terms of changes to the the OS or platform that were really massively changing. Um, so I sort of feel, I think we spent longer I think we spent longer discussing it on this podcast than they actually did on stage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And we've we've not even mentioned Amazon coming to it yet, yeah. <laughs> which was about the main thing they mentioned in WWDC. That the only thing, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess we'll have to wait and see, you know, whether the remote gets any any love or not. Um, I know what I would like to see, actually, as a sort of big update to the remote. Um, so I, I quite like the haptic home button on the iPhone 7. Um, I've gotten used to it. I quite quite enjoy it. You can set it however you want. Um, and I kind of wonder if you had a, a remote that could have very small on a haptic feedback going on underneath that 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 touch area on the top um whether they could kind of you know give you um that that sort of level of feedback that that obviously real buttons actually give you um and whether there could be something in that to sort of um Im- improve how the remote feels as you sort of tap around it there um that i don't i don't envy them I think no. it's probably how I'm feeling about it because if you think about the baggage that a remote control brings with it, it's been around for years and years and years. And with that comes a certain set of expectations from the general public. Obviously people like us that are kind of into tech and you know, I'm guessing a lot of listeners to this show, when they see something like a new cool remote control idea, we're likely to be more receptive to it. Yep. yep. But when I think about like my grandparents, family members, aunties, uncles, etc., they a tv remote is so fixed in their head and anything that steps away from that i think any design team is going to have a really hard time so on one hand yeah i mean fair enough we've probably given apple a bit of a hard time here but on the other hand it, it they've got a tough job yes yeah the, the brief itself is is quite a tough one to fill absolutely Okay, we'll leave it there for this week. If you've enjoyed the show, it would be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you're an Overcast user, if you could recommend us by hitting that start button, that would be much appreciated. Also, uh, we'd like to add that we now have our very own Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join it. What with the uh, Apple event coming up in the next week or two, um, we should be a cool place to hang out and to discuss the reaction to what we what we see. So if you'd like to join, um, you're more than welcome. Please just send us a message on Twitter. Uh, that's at WFR Podcast. So, Dave, before we go, where can people find your work? Um, you can find my apps on RoboHeads.com. That's RoboHeads with a Z. And you can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads. Again, that's RoboHeads with a Z at the end. How about you, Dave? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Dave Not. You can find my remote control for Cody at armchair-remote.com and my app to help kids learn to read at spacereaders.com. 